do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicleist. Let's start quickly as when I get to the game Gabin section, I will say why I want to start quickly and such, okay? So, oh, Jesus Christ. Forgot to get my timer ready. This is very unprofessional of me. I can't say that the show is like a journal where I pour forth all the media that I have consumed over the past, in this case, weeks, um, so that my brain does not fester with all that infinite... I mm. uh, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Motherfuckers Escort Agency. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but the fact that I've got James Bond in the opening to the movie monologue theme and am watching all the James Bond movies, that's like fitting and stuff, right? <sighs> Speaking of James Bond movies, for your eyes only. Oh, from 1981, which just so happens to be the year I was born. This is, is this the last Roger Moore? Or one of the last Roger Moores? Surely, surely I don't jest. Uh, let's see what the plot synopsis tells us. Because uh, to be 100% honest with you, I watched this like a couple of weeks ago with uh, more Bond movies in between, so they are, as they do during a movie, watching every single one of a franchise marathon do sort of meld in your brain a little bit. Uh, so, oh god, do they have a smaller plot synopsis? This is like fucking pages. Uh, let's go to IMDb. IMDb, uh, and for your eyes only. The fact that I don't remember anything about this just off the top of my head is probably not a great sign. Uh, the Agent 007 is assigned to hunt for lost British encryption device and prevent it from falling into enemy hands. Carol Bouquet, Topol, J. 
Julian Glover. Jeez, what the hell happened on this one? I think there's like a like this weird box with like lots of buttons on it that lets you control nuclear stuff. Yeah, that sounds sort of familiar. Oh yeah, there's a figure skater girl. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Okay, so rating-wise, we'll go three because I did have enjoyment while watching it. Uh, and I probably, if I ever watch all the James movies again, it's not like I'll skip this one. But to be honest, it's so not memorable that even reading all this, I'm looking at pictures of it, I don't really remember it. And that is not a good sign. So let's move on to a movie I do recall, uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, that movie with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, yeah, so, so buddy cop movie, except they're not cops. One of them's uh, a former, still pretty good at assassin, Samuel Jackson, and one is a uh, protecting dude slash bodyguard uh, guy thing in the form of Ryan Reynolds. Uh, these two together, very, very good chemistry I found. Uh, the action is ridiculous, which is what you want. I see on IMDb it's action, comma, comedy, comma, thriller. No period at the end. I wouldn't mind one. Uh, I don't know about thriller, but action comedy, very, very high. Uh, would agree with that. Gary Oldman, bad guy. That's that's perfect right there. Uh, Rating-wise, I'm going to go like a solid four. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's dumb. Lots of uh, over-the-top stuff and laughs. Unlike in this next movie, Mordecai, which uh, I think w w like won some Razzies, was supposed to be horrible, never heard anything good, uh, and I can verify, it's not even it's so bad it's good, uh, as I was sort of hoping for, it's just bad. Uh, yeah, Johnny Depp, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, he's like an art the guy. I, I don't know, and the plot didn't really ever meld for me. Juggling angry, juggling angry Russians, the British M5 in a code leads lost gold. Yeah, uh, plot dumb, movie dumb, no laughs, bad acting, uh, over the top acting, and just not good. So uh, rating wise, geez, I almost never give ones, but I think I'm going to give it a one. Like I, I like all movies all the time just about so the fact that I'm giving that a one really take that my ones are very strong because they're so rare let's put it that way uh, next moving on to infinity chamber ah yes uh, this one was pretty interesting a man trapped in an automated prison must outsmart a computer in order to escape uh, yeah, so the way things are going with your artificial intelligences and your robots, uh, it's not such a leap to picture that one day prisons will be run uh, with not human guards, but uh, but robot and sort of all automated. Uh, and that's what happens in this. Uh, Rating-wise, very, very much enjoyed this. I like, I find I like movies like this that like 90% of the movie takes place in like one spot in one room. Uh, it's kind of a cool thing and you I don't know if it makes it harder for the filmmaker I, I guess you got to assume it does or does it make it easier huh, that's a good question you know what if I had a question for Travis Milloy director and writer of this movie I would ask him uh, has he done other movies oh well, you know what? let's click on his name hmm, yeah we're in IMDB right 
Pandorum, Thugs, uh, this movie. Yeah, so he's done a fair bit. Well, not a fair bit. Uh, his first thing is from 1996 and then didn't do anything again to 2009. That's sort of strange. Anyways, um, uh, yeah, so I would ask him, uh, doing something where it all takes place in one room, is it harder or easier than doing your sort of typical movie? I don't know. It's a question I would have. Uh, Rating-wise, I like this. Probably also go uh, 4 to 4. Hey, 4 to 5, rather. Jesus. Jesus. Today's television talk sponsor is Mirror Universe Mirrors. Let's you see what you would look like in the Mirror Universe. Mirror Universe Mirrors. Thank you for that sponsorship. So, so very kind of you. We're talking Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 12 and 13, meaning uh, probably... Did I do that right? Uh, probably we'll do 14. I think there's 15 episodes of the first season. I think that's what it's sort of going to end up being. So uh, we'll probably do that and wrap it up. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm 99% sure I heard it was renewed for a second season, which is amazing because the show is amazing. Uh, let's read the summary. Uh, the summary is incomplete. Teaser... Act 1. Okay, so it's a lot. Uh, Burnham heads to ISS Charon, Sharon, with a special quote-unquote gift for Emperor Giorgio back on board the Discovery. Statements. Stamets gains clarity while trapped inside the mycelial network with his Terran counterpart. Oh yeah, so that was kind of cool. Uh, basically, the let's just call him the Chief Engineer because that's easiest. Uh, he's like in a coma, but his like mind's trapped in this uh, mycelial network, which is fungal spores that interconnect not only uh, all the universe, but also connect to alternate universes, which is sort of a very, very cool idea that just everything is connected. I don't think the fact, uh, I don't take any science of that, that everything is connected, but you know, the, the the idea of throwing it into sci-fi is kind of cool. It's almost religious in some regards, that sort of idea. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, and then he meets up with his uh, evil uh, Mirror Universe counterpart, who's also trapped, and they have to try to find a way to escape, uh, escape back into their own bodies. So that, that's sort of a cool sci-fi, mind-meld, weird thing, which... Uh, I like. Oh, this episode is called Vaulting Ambition, I see. Uh, so you got Burnham uh, over on the evil ships trying to uh, take care of business, I guess you would say. Sure. Uh, uh, okay, so let's maybe we can move on to the next episode. Uh, Lorca plans to move forward with coup against the Emperor. Oh yeah, so that last episode... Uh, it was sort of hinting at something towards the end, but then at the very end, it just sort of exploded with the revelation that uh, Captain Lorca uh, of the Discovery was actually factually a bad guy from the evil universe. And my jaw, as has happened multiple times during the run of this television show, has dropped. 
uh, you know, my first thought, and this is a, a unique thought, I am sure, uh, or probably not many people have it, is uh, if you Google Nerd Cane Adventures, uh, you could see uh, a cane uh -huh. uh, that I have got autographed by many nerdy celebrities and has had its picture taken with hundreds, if not nearing, probably by now thousands of cosplayers. Uh, and uh, the, the, the actor who plays uh, Captain Lorca was at Fan Expo last year and I debated getting his autograph because he's the captain and so far I have Captain Picard, I've got Captain Janeway, uh, and Captain Kirk. So um, my, my sort of thought is I want to get all the captain's autographs on uh, the Nerd Kane. And uh, I debated getting him, but I, I didn't know how the show was going to turn out. And I sort of thought, you know what, I hadn't seen an episode yet. So uh, I didn't want to get it if it ended up being garbage, that sort of thing. Because, you know, it costs money. Uh, and then as I started watching the show, I sort of regretted that I didn't get his autograph. But... Now that I know he's evil and he's from the mirror universe, maybe my sort of decision is like, ah, yeah, you know what? Does he count as a real captain if he's just sort of infiltrating as one? I don't know. Uh, and, and plus the show has the whole sort of strangeness of the captain normally being, I guess you could say the main character, whereas here it is not. It's more Burnham as the main character. Uh, anyways, so yeah. Also, big, big, big spoiler. Uh, is he dies, uh, and that's pretty friggin' crazy. Did not see it coming. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know that Dewey Desmond's is come? Book banter. Not book banter, but double movie monologue, as you will know if you've read the description, you lovelies. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, I didn't necessarily take time off podcasting. It's just uh, I had a couple of weeks where I wasn't really doing much and uh, just sort of watched more movies than anything. And you know what? I, I feel like when I watch a movie, that's the hardest thing to waste, quote-unquote, and not bring back to the podcast. Whereas like, if I play a, play a bunch of a game... Or, yeah, I guess a book, I would feel it even more. Anyways, we're not here to talk about why the frig there's uh, three movie monologues in this particular podcast episode. We're here to talk about movies like Octopussy. Octopussy is the name of a James Bond movie, if you can believe it. Oh, boy. From 1983. Oh, okay, so this one still has Roger Moore. Uh, a fake Fabergé egg. Fabergé egg, uh, and a fellow agent's death, uh, who's dressed as a clown, I will mention, lead James Bond to uncover an international jewel smuggling operation headed by the mysterious Octopussy, being used to disguise a nuclear attack on NATO forces. Yeah, so you got Fabergé eggs, you got uh, jewel smuggling, you got circuses, you got uh, uh, sword knife throwing uh, twins... <laughs> you got a, a, an island filled with deadly women. Uh, you, you got uh, the threat of nuclear bomb. Uh, evil guys galore. Uh, this one I did like more than the other one. And this one I do remember parts of. Uh, so for that reason alone, I feel it's got to get a higher mark. And that is four. Still didn't uh, blow me away, um, but it, but it's better. Like verging on five, this is this is one of the better ones. Roger Moore, I, I will say, in these later ones, he's getting a little up, 
they're in age. Nothing wrong with that, of course. It's just uh, you, you, it, it does make a difference to the movies. Uh, let's let, let's put it that way. Uh, okay, moving on to a five out of five movie. Ooh, giving the rating before even saying the title. Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't know what I'm doing. And that is Logan. Ah, so good. Was saving this movie to watch uh, with someone who backed out at the last moment, and I said, well. I'm gonna watch it anyways. Watch it with the missus, in fact, who very much enjoyed it. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Logan, have you been under a rock? Uh, I did manage somehow, some way, to uh, avoid any spoilers or anything like that. Uh, so there was some some shocking stuff in this. Uh, allegedly, it's Hugh Jackman's last movie as Wolverine. Um, I, I guess I could see how that would be the case, as things happened that would make that the case. Let's say. Uh, yeah, uh, the girl is amazing. Uh, that's she comes as no surprise. Anyone who's heard of or seen this movie has heard that the the little Wolverine girl uh, just does an incredible job. Uh, I'm so curious, are they going to make movies that take place after the fact of this movie ever? Yeah, the future X Men films, where will they take place? That's that's a big question I have in my mind after seeing this. Uh, next we have a movie called 31, like the number 31. Uh, so watch this with the missus as well. It's a Rob Zombie movie, uh, which we are a big fan of. Uh, let me read the IMDA and, and it'll probably sound pretty crazy because it's Rob Zombie and it is crazy. Uh, five carnival workers are kidnapped and held hostage in an abandoned hell-like compound where they are forced to participate in a violent game, the goal of which is to survive 12 hours against a gang of sadistic clowns. Yes. What the hell does that sound? Uh, very, very strange, very violent, very gory, uh, super over-the-top ridiculous... Uh, it's good. If you like the things that I am saying in a movie, there's no reason you won't like this one. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, I, I go a solid four. Yeah, it's definitely weird, and if you don't like this type of movie, well, you probably wouldn't watch it. Uh, last but not least, a futile and stupid gesture. gesture. Uh, this is all about uh, National Lampoon's, uh, the magazine, and the movies, and the radio, and sort of how it all got started, which I watched a actual documentary on once. Uh, this is biography comedy it's under. It's got a sort of a doc feel, but then it's more narrative. Uh, directed by David Wayne, who does... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything he's done that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed, this included. Uh, very, very funny, and also you're learning some history. So, hey, you can't go wrong with this. Jeez, uh, can I give it a 5 out of 5? I Four, 5 out of 5 for some of the laughs. Hey, how about that? Today's game Gavin sponsor is the English to Scav Dictionary. Oh shit, I forgot to read the last 
uh, double movie monologue sponsor. So that sponsor was from the makers of Tiger Bomb comes Wolverine Bomb. Uh, for all your late in life aches and pains. Okay, so there you go. Double sponsors as well. Escape from Tarkov is the game we're talking, which uh, I'm not sure if I've ever done this. Maybe with PUBG. Uh, no, I think that was in beta. Uh, this game is still in alpha, so it's, it's not ready for actual factual release to the public. However, I uh, saw a lot of people playing it on Steam, and it looked really, really up my alley. And I can verify at this point, after playing a shit ton of it, that it is. Um, so it, it's online multiplayer shooting. Uh, one of the, the probably main difference is uh, you decide at the beginning of the match what equipment you are going to go into the match with. Guns, armor health all ton, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of border borderlands uh, levels of different loot um in terms of variety that is uh and then the, the the sort of main reason your pulse gets going is because uh if you die uh, all of that loot is most likely there's certain ways around it but not really uh, all that loot is gone yeah like you can insure it uh, which is sort of an interesting idea if you take a gun in and it's insured and one of the people you are playing against picks it up then it's gone but if you take it and it's insured and sort of the person sees a gun and goes man this gun's not very good I'm not gonna pick it up then you can get it back uh, so again it's sort of that uh, the, the constant balance of what do I bring in to make myself powerful versus uh, how much am I willing to lose this amazing gun or armor or whatever so you're sort of running a fine line uh, I sort of vacillate back between going in with nothing and just seeing how I do which quite often you feel uh, if you come out of those situations with some good stuff you feel like you've you, you've accomplished you've accomplished more where uh, if you go in with uh, really really strong equipment and die you feel really really bad so uh, I, I don't know I, I've done both uh, you know what as we sort of wrap up uh, escape from Tarkov and I'm still playing it and I uh, will continue to play it maybe we'll bring it back and talk some more uh, as things are added to the game uh, talk about Twitch a little bit, uh, and that I have stopped twitching. <laughs> Stop twitching, because I am dead. Now, uh, I've decided to not pursue the whole Twitch thing anymore, just for the reason that uh, it was starting to feel like work. Uh, it was starting to feel like, in order to play games that are fun, I had to do things that were not fun. Uh, and it was sort of taking the enjoyment out of playing video games, which is definitely not something I want to happen. Uh, I also realized, uh, actually probably a lot from watching people play Tarkov, uh, that there's a lot, a lot of people out there who uh, will play every day, eight hours a day, and then they'll have, you know, ten people watching them. <laughs> so to put in that just insane amount of work at that point it's got to feel like work at that point like I can't play eight hours a day every day I suppose if I was like single living by myself uh, I, I would do that just to have something to do but you know I, I don't want to or have to do that to keep sane 
so I couldn't put in that time and effort to have it become a thing. And, I, and especially the way I had my Twitch set up where I had like the avatar, uh, Pickles McGee, uh, it, it was a lot of work to get it going before I could actually play a game. So, uh, the sort of silver lining takeaway that I took from the whole experience is like, I had fun doing it and I could say I did it for a bit, but, uh, the, the, the number one reason it to me is not a waste that I did all that stuff uh, spent some money on it even uh, getting the X split uh, and you never know maybe I'll come back we'll see uh, anyways the silver lining is that up until I started doing Twitch I didn't play video games during the week I would just play you know Friday afternoon Saturday and Sunday morning so those, those were my sort of gaming times when I did game uh, but when I was doing Twitch, I would uh, game during the week sometimes because, you know, that's what you have to do. Uh, but that's one thing that I think I'm going to continue to do is sometimes during the week I'll, I'll play a little video game because it was fun. And I like video games, so why not play more of them more often, right? Silver lining. I'm going to play more video games. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Baskin Robbins Cryogenics Incorporated. Hey, we may as well, right? Thank you for that sponsorship. In this unheard of triple movie monologue, have I ever done a triple movie monologue? I kind of feel like I haven't before, uh, and this is a first, but never say never, right? <laughs> movie the first, never say never again. Oh my god, it's like I did a segue like a professional person would do. Uh, yeah, uh, never say never again. This is the sort of un, some say un, uh, canon bond because it was made by like a different company and it's really weird. And, uh, I will say I am not sure. And this is someone who's a bond fan who, uh, had back in the day, all the VHSs of the bonds. I am not a hundred percent sure if I've ever seen this. Or if I had, uh, I don't remember it. I've got all the Bond movies on DVD. I've been watching these on DVD in my four box set. Uh, this was not among them. So that was one of the reasons. Uh, and when I had the VHSs, this was sort of like pre-internet times. So it's not like you could say, okay, uh, internet, give me a list of all James Bond movies. And then look at your VHS box set and say, hey, where's this one? Uh, which is what sort of happened here. Uh, so, very, very cool. Just the fact that there's this Sean Connery, no less, uh, my favorite James Bond uh, movie here that I had never seen or if had, didn't remember. So, for that reason alone, uh, I, I like this. It's sort of a cool little, little tidbit there. Uh, Sean Connery in this, he is showing his age. Uh, this was his last movie. Uh, sort of famously almost didn't want to do it was there just sort of for the paycheck uh, and it shows a little bit but uh, there is sometimes that smirk on his face just like yeah I, I know what's happening but I'm also getting money so whatever 
Uh, a Spectre agent has stolen two American nuclear warheads, and James Bond must find their targets before they are detonated. Oh, me, oh. <laughs> Max von Sydow plays Blofeld, <clears throat> who is normally like the number one bad guy of James Bond, but he's only there for like a little bit. Uh, it was sort of a strange thing. Normally, when he, I, I think every other James Bond movie, if Blofeld's in it, he's sort of like the main bad guy. Whereas here, it's Maximilian Largo, played by Klaus Maria Brauner. Uh, he's sort of the main uh, sort of weird dude <laughs> German bad guy. Uh, we've also got Kim Basinger, or Basinger, or Basinger. Uh, Bernie Casey might not be a name you recognize, but I'm sure if you saw him you would recognize. Rowan Atkinson, a.k.a. Mr. Bean you got on there. Uh, yeah, rating-wise, uh, I'll go like a solid... Uh, three to four let's go four just for the reason that this is sort of out there a little different sean connery gets his ass kicked a little bit which is uh, nice to see <laughs> like a james bond a little more uh, humanized by that fact uh, very interesting okay moving on to uh murder on the orient express uh, had a movie night last night in fact with some of the fan family uh, and this is based on an Agatha Christie. Uh, is it a short or a novel? Don't actually know. Uh, we all sort of, uh, just a, as they were, uh, it's, you know, I'll read the Imda. In December 1935, when his train is stopped by deep snow, Detective Hercule Poirot is called on to solve a murder that occurred in his car the night before, his train car, let's say, so you know. Uh, so it's a murder mystery, a whodunit, uh, also has Sean Connery in it, just sort of coincidentally. I didn't even know that until sort of we started watching it, basically. Um, yeah, so uh, what we did is right as uh, Poirot was about to sort of uh, explain who uh, the murderer was, we sort of paused it and all took a guess. Uh, if you know <laughs> the, the what the answer is, you will know that we were all wrong. Uh, and this is a big spoiler for the new movie that's coming out. It's a spoiler for this old movie. It's a spoiler for the book that I'm about to say. Uh, it's very, very strange in that in a movie, uh, a murder mystery, uh, trying to figure out which of the suspects killed the person. Uh, if the answer is, as it is in this, which I'm about to tell you what the answer is, uh, all of them did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every single one of the suspects uh, killed the person who got killed. <laughs> so that was uh, surprising. And for 1974, uh, <coughs> or whenever um, What's Her Nuts wrote this book, pretty impressive, uh, Agatha Christie. Pretty impressive. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, it came out in 1974, this movie, and the pacing is in incredibly slow the the amount of train shots just long drawn out nothing but watching a train move shots uh it boggles my mind how often and it's just shots of nothing or or strange things that had nothing to do with anything uh it, it seems like they just didn't want to edit uh i don't know hopefully they got rid of some of that in the new one uh reading wise like a three or four uh you know what three for the movie as a whole but like uh, five for uh, the resolution of who done it. 
Uh, as you heard, I'm already out of time, so I'll do the last two movies quick. Uh, Me, Myself, and Irene from 2000. I had seen it, probably like back in 2000, so I, I didn't really remember it. Uh, and you know what? I didn't really remember it being so funny. Yeah, uh, I was sort of pleasantly surprised. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, it's a Jim Carrey movie. Uh, a nice guy cop with dissociative identity disorder must protect a woman on the run from a corrupt ex-boyfriend and his associates. Yeah, so Jim Carrey... Carrey... Carrey playing two people, uh, a nice guy and a not-nice guy, uh, and sort of switching back between the two, and it's uh, it's actually very funny. I'm uh, sort of a little surprised. Uh, okay, uh, so rating-wise, geez, I'd go like a four. Yeah, solid four to five. Last one is Re-Alive. Oh. Oh, geez. Uh, okay. <clears throat> uh, Mark, Tom Hughes, is diagnosed with a disease and given one year left to live. Unable to accept his own end, he decides to freeze his body. Sixty years later, in the year 2084, he becomes the first man to be revived in history. Or does he? Uh, it is then that he discovers that the love of his life... Uh, has accompanied him his entire time in in a way they'd never expected. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a love story, a uh, very sci-fi-y uh, sort of a, a, a morality tale of is it right to do this? Um, interesting movie and a little strange, which uh, is not if you've heard me rate movies a little strange probably if anything adds to uh definitely in this case so rating wise let's go four to five as well yeah sure convoluted to the max folks we did it we did it it's nice to be nice to the nice This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper